It's a beautiful Monday morning. This is your host, DeAndre Johnson. This is my sports podcast, Who's Right, Who's Wrong. And we had another great weekend of football. The game of the week was against the Chiefs at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. The duel between the features of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position. Let's get started right away as Baltimore in their first possession came out with the first punch. Mark Ingram with a two-yard run to put Baltimore up 6-0 after Baltimore had got a penalty on the point at the try. Then they went for a two-point conversion and failed. Second quarter where the Chiefs had owned teams thus far this season. Outscored Baltimore 23-0. Their first score was with a LaShawn McCoy one-yard run. Then we had a Demarcus Robinson 18-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes. A beautiful catch by Demarcus Robinson. McCole Hartman just burned the secondary with an 83-yard touchdown reception. Harrison Bucker finished the half with a 42-yard field goal. Third quarter, first possession of the second half. Mark Ingle with a 19-yard run to decrease the Chiefs' lead by 10, 23-13. LaShawn McCoy with a 14-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes off of a screen, screen play. 30-13 Kansas City at the end of third quarter. Fourth quarter, Mark Ingram with his third touchdown of the day with a one-yard run. Baltimore went for two and fell on the conversion. Justin Tucker with six minutes and 39 seconds left hit a 39-yard field goal to put Baltimore within one possession of the Chiefs. Harrison Bucker with a 36-yard field goal on the next possession for the Chiefs. And Lamar Jackson with a nine-yard run, and it must have been, it had to be the play of the week in the NFL. It was video game-ish. Juke move, spin move, all the above on that nine-yard run. Baltimore fell on another two-point conversion, which the score was 33-28. And as... Baltimore was trying to get the ball back and stop Kansas City. Andy Reid with another spectacular play. Called a screen pass for Darrell Williams and closed the game out. And your final score was 33-28. Now, what's to take from this game? John Harbaugh was trying to be aggressive and trying to score touchdowns. And he's not wrong about that. With this Kansas City Chiefs offense, you have to put up touchdowns. You have to score a lot of points, obviously. You cannot just go in there and just score field goals and field goals. And Baltimore have a top five defense. It just, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, as one analyst has said, just remind me of the Golden State Warriors, how spectacular their offense is. The only difference is between the Golden State Warriors and the Kansas City Chiefs is their defense is not top five or top ten. Their defense basically have one job, and that is not to give up their huge lead. For Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson played a solid game. What he needs to improve on is his deep passes. He get the ball deep down there, but when you overthrowing Hollywood Brown, who runs a 4-3, that's a problem. And I think Lamar Jackson going to have to practice more on his touch. He's going to have to put a little more touch on his deep passes so his receivers could run under his and catch the ball. The Baltimore Ravens, even though the score was 30-13 going into the fourth quarter, the game was closer than people really thought it was. It was that much close. There was a lot of plays in there that could have went either way. There was a pass interference on Baltimore that was that should have been called because we didn't know who Patrick Mahomes was throwing to and the ball was intercepted. And the pass interference was called to... Uh, against a Baltimore Raven defender that was defending a receiver that was not even intended, was not even an intended target. So, however, the Ravens defense 
<clears throat> they play well. First two downs, then third down, Chiefs killed them. And they really killed them, particularly off screen passes, which Andy Reid is very known for. He's very known to put his running backs in positions where the defense couldn't account for. They try and rush up the field, try and get And Pat Mahomes don't have to be a hero every down or every time he drop back and just fling the ball to his own running back. Great pass design by Andy Reid. Now, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is very special. That's that's no new news at all. But it's very hard for any defense to try to put pressure on him. If you actually look at the game film of Patrick Mahomes, he dropped back farther than any other quarterback in the NFL. I know that. Certain plays where quarterback drop back five, seven uh, steps. But looking at Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes dropped back about a good 10 yards, sometimes 12 yards, and still fling that football down the field with ease, with accuracy. And that really amazed me. And that's something that I think many people don't really talk about when watching Patrick Mahomes. You look how far he dropped back. He it's very difficult to get pressure on him. Very difficult. And not only difficult to get pressure on him, this guy just delivered the ball right on time, right on cue to his receivers. And that is just very impressive. And that's something that you cannot really truly teach. You do not want your quarterback drop back that far because most likely inaccurate passes or you have to use more of an arm strength to get the ball to your receivers on time. But only one guy could really do that, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Just a flick of the wrist, that's how big of his arm is. Just a flick of the wrist, you can get the ball, you know, deep to his receivers. So next, the Kansas City Chiefs have the Detroit Lions who upset the Eagles on the road, 27-24. And for Baltimore, they will have their first division opponent in the Cleveland Browns, who, again, have another disappointing night versus the Los Angeles Rams. And that's where we're going to go to right now. We're going to go to the Sunday night game between the Los Angeles Rams on the road versus the Cleveland Browns. And the Cleveland Browns, their their offense is, it, it's, it's all over the place. Some of it had to do with the head coach. A lot of it had to do with Baker Mayfield. Let's just put it like that. I think Freddie Kitchens, he knew the pressure that is, that is on him to get this team, this very talented team, to the playoffs. But his quarterback will have to help him more. Now, granted, yes, Big Mayfield is a second-year pro. But you're not going to be treated that way when you do all that talking in the offseason and defenses are eager to play against you and want to shut you up. And that's what defense has been doing to Baker Mayfield so far this season. Now, the game was very slow. Three field goals in the um, first half. Halftime, it was 6-3. Rams. Then, second half, the Rams got it going. With a one eleven, excuse me, eleven yard pass from Jared Goff to Cooper Cup to put the Rams up ten six. Then the third quarter, Barry Mayfield with a two yard pass to Demetrius Harris put the Browns up thirteen and ten. Going to the fourth quarter, Cooper Cup with another red zone touchdown. This time it's a six yard pass, six yard reception, excuse me, 
and Greg Zerline put the Rams up 20-13 with a 37-yard field goal. And it was some terrible calls by Freddie Kitchen, a 4th and 9 draw play. Who, who in the hell does that? 4th and 9 draw play. And these so-called innovative offensive play callers just overthink themselves. I remind you guys every week. Every week, I remind you that football is a very simple game. But yet, you get the arrogance of some coaches and some players who are who think they are so brilliant who just try to do things more complex when you should just do it the easy way and it's the most simple way and you'll just win the game. The whole objective of football, of sports, is just to win the game. Not style points. You don't get no extra points for style. Just win the football game. And I think you saw that yesterday with Sean... Not Sean McVay, but Freddie Kitchen. But Sean McVay had done it in the Super Bowl where he just over overthink himself. Just overthink. He just outcoached himself. But in this game particularly with Sean McVay and how he approached this season is so much different. He still have a balance between the rushing attack and the passing attack. But he know how he know he's winning the game. He know how to win the game. He's not trying to do anything, you know, really spectacular. He know his bread and butter. His bread and butter so far is Jerry Goff and Cooper Cup in the red zone and on third down. Brandon Cooks have been good getting big plays. Robert Woods um, have a pedestrian night, but eventually he will get going. And all in all. Sean McVay just going to simplify the game and learn how to manage the game, the entire game. Not just on the offensive side, but also on the defensive side. And that's the difference that you saw with Sean McVay. And he did a right job, a great um, versus the Browns. And the last possession of the game for the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield under duress. I think a lot of times he had moved out the pocket too soon. And when you move out the pocket too soon, the play will break down and it will make the defense job much easier to cover receivers unless you're playing against Aaron Rodgers. But it was just a terrible... It was, it was, it was not... I won't say terrible, but another subpar game for Baker Mayfield. He did all the chirping. He was the he was the leader of all the chirping um the Cleveland Browns had done through this offseason. And he's not he has not been impressive at all. Baker Mayfield so far, eight hundred five passing yards, three touchdowns, five interception, a QBR forty point five, which is twenty first in the NFL. Their next game is versus the Baltimore Ravens, whom I said they have a top five defense. Now, Baltimore, they are a little tick-off for sure because there were a, plays, a lot of plays that had went either way. And knowing that this week in practice, they like, we could just make those one or two plays or having one or two calls go our way will have beat the Chiefs. And honestly, Baltimore probably think the Kansas City Chiefs is the only team, well, that, them and the Patriots are the only two teams that's in their way. They're not really worried about Cleveland, but it's a divisional game. So therefore, in their first division game, they're going to go out there and take care of business, particularly at home. I can't make Mayfield get it right next week. I highly doubt it. I really truly do. Odell Beckham. Only six catches. 
56 yards. Hook up with Baker Mayfield like four times in the first half, but very quiet in the second half. Jarvis Landry, he's getting his targets, but his completion um, rate is not. He only had three catches for 62 yards off of eight targets. Well, excuse me, nine targets. And I know it got to be frustrating for Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry commands a lot of one on one coverage. Because you have Odell Beckham Jr. on the other side. And it's kind of, man, not kind of, it is frustrating that Baker Mayfield cannot get him the ball at a higher completion rate. So Freddie Kitchen got a lot to do. He got a lot of work that needs to be done, not only just this week, but going forward in this season. As I mentioned in my previous podcast, defenses are eager to play Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of talk about these Oklahoma quarterbacks particularly who come into the league and they think that they are, you know, the next best thing. Not saying that Kyler Murray come here and, you know, talk trash like Baker Mayfield did throughout this offseason. But it's just the demeanor and the arrogance that they carry themselves with. And I think a lot of defensive coordinators want to teach them a lesson and show them that you guys were just part of a great offensive system and also in a conference that doesn't really play defense. Like, you guys are not that good like you guys think you are. Once again, Baker Mayfield... Is only in his second year in the league. And this is the time where he needs to humble himself. Because so far right now, the defenses are humbling him. And there is something to be said about Baker Mayfield playing against teams over 500 and teams below 500. Team below 500, he's a great quarterback. You beat team they supposed to beat. You already completed that step. That's great. You beat team that you're supposed to beat. But against good defenses, good teams, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And it's okay. You're only in your second year. But you need to be humble. You talk all that trash. In the offseason, they're coming after you. And it's not going to get any easier next Sunday versus the Baltimore Ravens. And for the Rams, the Rams will be facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And let's transition to that game. Tampa Bay lost a heartbreaker to the New York Giants. Daniel Jones completed a 18-point comeback that spark the Giants franchise for years to come. Dane Jones in his first career start went 23 for 36, 336 yards, two touchdowns, but also had two lost fumbles. He was team leading rusher also for carries 28 yards and two touchdowns because Saquon Barkley went out with a high ankle sprain. And his, uh, and his leading receiver is Evan Ingram, who has six receptions, 113 yards, and a touchdown that went for 75 yards. Tampa Bay, James Wilson have played a pretty good game. It was a pretty good game. 23 of 37, 380 yards, three touchdowns, had one pick. A pick that could literally been the cause of the Bucks lost. But however, Shaq Barry, who had four sacks in this game, a league lead, eight sacks total, forced a fumble and got the ball back for James Winston in the offense. Ronald Jones did a great job carrying the ball, had 14 carries, 80 yards. And Mike Evans had an explosive first half with three touchdown receptions. 
He finished the game with eight receptions, 190 yards, three touchdowns, including a big-time 44-yard pass from James Winston with, like, 15 seconds left in the game to put the Buccaneers in field goal position. And Matt Gay, the rookie kicker, the eight different kicker over the past eight seasons for the Buccaneers, missed a 40-yard field goal. And trying try to rewind back on the game-winning possession by Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a competitor, and he's trying to prove that he's a winner in the NFL. Four down and five, I believe. Four down and four. Daniel Jones basically took what the defense gave him. Defense is playing man under, zone in the back. The rushers rush too far up the field. Daniel Jones, who's very athletic and fast, he surprised me. Really, he really surprised me how fast he is. Just took off right down the middle and scored the game-winning touchdown. Very impressive by a rookie quarterback. Very great awareness by a rookie quarterback. Giants fans, are you going to make the playoffs now? No. But, however, this is exciting. Especially when you see all these other young quarterbacks in the league right now that's doing great things. You guys have you one that is mobile, that throws a good ball. Because Sturdy Shepard looking like the guy that I thought he would be coming out of Oklahoma. And also you have Evan Ingram who could be a top five tight end. In this league. So once you guys. As you come more weapons. On the offense side. Particularly at wide receiver. Going to next season. Giants are the team to look out for. Their defense is only going to improve. Because their defense is very young. Particularly in the secondary. They are only going to improve. Giants fans got a lot to look forward to. It was a great win by Daniel Jones. And the um, New York Giants should have lost the game because James Winston. It a lot of people here in Tampa not really sold on him, but he played one heck of a game. And I think the defenses didn't really did much of a great job in the second half. I get kudos to the Giants defense in the second half because they had. Switch up their coverage, particularly on Mike Evans. Mike Evans didn't have a reception until that 44-yard bomb um, towards the end of regulation. And that was a big pass. And that was a great throw by James Winston. And I know James Winston is more than capable of making no type of throws in clutch moments. But there is something needs to be said about the aggressiveness um, of offense coordinator Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians, I think. I think honestly, I think they were being aggressive enough, but it will come to a point where we need to run some clock out. Our defense get a little bit tired, and they did what they supposed to have done, and the coaching, the coaching, I think they did a great job. The players just gotta execute much better. Particularly on the defensive side. You cannot give up a 75-yard touchdown pass to Evan Ingram on the first possession. No, on the first play of the second half. That's inexcusable at all. Inexcusable. On the first play of the second half, you give up that big play for a touchdown. So I think that was a momentum changer for the New York Giants that led them to this 18-point comeback. Up next for the Giants, the Giants got uh, another favorable matchup at home versus the Washington Redskins. 
And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got a tough road game at Los Angeles versus the Rams, which most likely they are going to lose that game. For the Giants, I think the Giants are um, going to have another win. I think they will beat the Redskins at home. I'm not a fan of Case Keenum and the Redskins offense. I like Terry McLaurin. Ari, I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be another special receiver for years to come. He reminds me of T.Y. Hilton. He really does. And Washington, we don't have a running game, so they're going to be, you know, pass happy, very one-dimensional. Not saying that Adrian Peterson is not a good running back. He's not what he used to be, obviously. But I think their defense particularly, they are give up early points to Daniel Jones and that offense. And speaking of the vision opponents in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys took care of business 31-6 over the Miami Dolphins. Amari Cooper with six catches, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Dak Prescott had him a good, decent game. It really was. Patriots had Beat the Jets 30-14. They took care of business. It should have been a shutout, but it was, you know, a two, two um, special team. Not two special team, excuse me. It was a special team touchdown by the Jets. And a 61-yard interception return by Jamal Adams with backup quarterback Jared Stidham in the game. Bob Kings took care of business at home versus the Raiders, 34-14. Kirk Cousins then had to lose that game. You know, defense and the running game really helped him a lot. The Eagles was upset by the Detroit Lions, 27-24. I knew that was going to be a close game because of the injuries at the wide receiver position. And Carson Wentz, I know if you're a Cowboys fan, particularly in the media, I know you guys want to talk trash on Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz did his job and has been doing his job all this year. It just his receivers and his offensive line is not helping him. And once again, offensive line, defensive line are the most important positions in the NFL. No matter what your quarterback do, no matter what people say about, oh, quarterback, you know, is the most important position. No, it's not. You cannot do anything without a strong offensive line. And Carson Wentz been getting killed back there. And when he does have time to throw the ball, his receiver's not helping. Now, so Aguilar had another two drop passes after he dropped a potential game-winning pass by against the um. Atlanta Falcons. He scored two touchdowns in the game, so that's good for fantasy owners. But yet again, it was not enough to beat the Detroit Lions. J.J. Arcega Whiteside, towards the end of the game, drop a potential touchdown pass. Dallas Goddard drop a potential touchdown pass. And it was not like it was not even tough. It was not even tough catches for a lot of these receivers. A lot of these passes that was dropped. It was simple. It was simple backyard passes, basically. Simple backyard passes, and these guys letting these, letting the ball go through their hands. Now you cannot be an NFL receiver and drop those type of catches. So it's very, it's very, 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 very frustrating for Carson Wentz. And I know this week of practice for the Eagles is going to be very tough. Because they should not, they should not be in this position versus the Lions. I'm not saying the Lions suck. I think the Lions are a very improved team. I think Mike, Mike Patricia had learned a lot from his first year as a head coach. His defense is particularly good. Matt Stafford, I think a lot of people don't give him credit. I think they look at his number, how much money he's making, and think like, oh, be like Drew Brees or Tom Brady. But Matthew Stafford had 
I think he have an underrated career. As much as you guys want to come here and, you know, criticize Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford throughout his career doesn't really have a running game. Never had, really. I think Kerryon Johnson is his best, most talented running back he ever had. I also really want to say Amir Abdullah actually was his most talented running back he ever had, but Abdullah was hurt so many times that he cannot stay on the field. Kevin Smith was his only 1,000-yard rusher during his tenure. So, all his career, Matthew Stafford pretty much had in one-dimensional offense, really. And he been pretty good. You know, he had two playoff appearances with the Lions. They off to a good start so far, and this team is not going to be an easy victory. I think he's going to get in Kenny Galladay. He's going to get in his ass this week. Because Galladay had run some wrong routes and did not make good adjustments to the ball that Matthew Stafford was throwing to him. So expect that to be approved. And the Lions, they deserve to win this game. They did what they supposed to have done. And they were the better team on Sunday. And that's what the Eagles, the Eagles got to be so much better. I know they deal with injury, but everybody dealing with injuries. So therefore, the next man come up, you gotta be prepared. You gotta be ready, especially against a team at home that you should not lose to. Eagles next game is versus the Green Bay Packers. They are on the road versus Green Bay. I think they will lose that game. Green Bay is looking very good right now. They are. Tie. No, excuse me. They are in first place in the NFC North. They had a pretty solid schedule so far. They just beat the Broncos yesterday. It was a pretty close game. It should not have been that close, but it was close game. Vic Vangel defense, who's very familiar with Aaron Rodgers, who he had coached against the past three years. Actually, the past six, seven years, if you want to count the years, Vic Vangel was a defense coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Detroit will face the Kansas City Chiefs. They are at home. I think that game will be a shootout. I think Mike Patricia will look at game films and particularly how Bill Belichick his mentor, how Bill Belichick defend Patrick Mahomes and will take some of that into his game plan for his next game at home. So, once again, Detroit's not going to be an easy team to beat throughout this season. So Kansas City will be heavy favorite, of course, on the road at Detroit. They should win that game. But don't be surprised if Detroit take them down to the wire. Other scores, as I mentioned, the Packers at home defeated Broncos 27-16. The Panthers with Kyle Allen made his first career start. That's another guy that has that we haven't talked about because we didn't expect him to do much. He was going to get his former teammate, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen was teammates at Texas A&M, whom both have transferred from there. Allen threw four touchdown receptions. Did a great job. 1926, 261 yards, four touchdown receptions. Christian McCaffrey, 24 carries, 153 yards, one touchdown. Greg Olsen had six catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. The offense was clicking. Versus this bad team. And I thought this game particularly, Carolina should have won this game, whether it was a high-scoring game or, where, or whether it was a low-scoring game. On the other side, Kyler Murray completed 30 passes, 
but only throw for 173 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He also had eight carries, 69 yards. Christian Kirk led team in receptions, 10 receptions for 59 yards. A lot of dink and dunk and screen passes for the Cardinals. The Panthers, most likely they will give Kyle Allen another shot next week. Next week, the Panthers will play, excuse me, the Panthers will play on the road at Houston, a game where Houston defense played tremendously in the second half versus the L.A. Chargers. For Kyle Allen, Monday quarterback. Monday quarterback, people talk about, well, is this the time where the Panthers may want to potentially move on from Cam Newton? That conversation is going to be out there. And it is what it is. You know, nowadays, people are very quick to jump the gun, jump to conclusion. Prisoner of the moment. Kyle Allen will get another chance next week to see if Arizona Cardinals will just that bad other team. And with the support cast that Kyle Allen have, which is better than what Kyler Murray have, was he just a beneficiary of, of it? We'll see next week. And Kyle Allen come back next week and perform anywhere near the he like he did yesterday it will be a quarterback controversy for sure in Carolina as I mentioned the Houston Texans they got a big road victory 27-20 over the LA Chargers Deshaun Watson was doing all he can being an MVP candidate like he is Led his team, 25-34 passing, 351 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't have much of a running game. DeAndre Hopkins had an average game, six receptions, six, seven yards. I think the tight ends, which are very non-existent in our minds, because if you're just an average football fan, you don't know who the Houston, Texas tight ends are. But however, Jordan Atkins had three receptions, 73 yards, and two touchdowns. While Darren Bales, the other tight end, had a 16-yard pass in the second quarter from Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson was looking for his tight ends, which most defense would not expect him to do. Keenan Allen had a very superb game, 13 receptions. 83 yard, 183 yards, two touchdowns. The running game was pretty non-existent. Austin Eckler had nine carries, 36 yards. And Phillip Rivers, 31, 40, 31 out of 46, 318 yards, two touchdowns. And it was frustrating for Phillip Rivers. Keenan Allen was his main guy. There were a couple of Plays where Mike Williams should have made, and also Travis Benjamin. And that's just been the career of Phillip Rivers, who have a Hall of Fame career. Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. His teammates sometimes just let him down. His defense sometimes don't show up. He has some good defenses throughout his career. But in big-time games, I just don't know why they don't show up for some odd reason. Yet, in this game, the Chargers could really use a Melvin Gordon. You need to stop being cheap and pay this guy his money. Or give Justin, Justin Jackson the ball more and see what he could do in between the tackles. I like Austin Eckler. 
but you cannot count him for 20 to 25 touches every game. Phillip Rivers, still a great quarterback, but he cannot be throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. So that team needs to be more balanced, and I think that's why the Houston Texans were able to beat them because the Chargers got one-dimensional, particularly in the second half. The defense was able to shut that down. So, the Houston Texans have the Carolina Panthers next, while the Chargers, the Chargers have the Dolphins next, which will be a Suddenly, easy victory for the Chargers on the road versus Miami. The Chargers are that much better than the lowly Miami Dolphins. Mason Rudolph got his first NFL start versus the San Francisco 49ers. He had a terrible first half, but picked it up in the second half with a 75-yard touchdown pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. However, the 49ers were the better team. Jimmy Garoppolo threw a five-yard touchdown pass to Dante Pettis with 115 remaining in the game and overcame five turnovers to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, whose season is over with after they just dropped 0-3. And for the San Francisco 49ers, they started they started off with their first 3-0 start in 21 years. 21 years? That's since 1998. Steve Young was San Francisco 49ers quarterback at that time. Rudolph did have that bad of a game. 14-27, 174-yard, two touchdowns, one interception. James Conner without Antonio Brown. And Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to be just an average running back. He only had 13 carries, 43 yards. Smith-Schuster, outside his 75-yard touchdown catch, he had just two catches and six yards. So, altogether, he had three receptions, 81 yards, one touchdown. Raheem Mostert, who's been a surprise in the backfield for the 49ers, he had 12 carries, 79 yards to lead the charge. George Kittle, top three tight end in the league. Six receptions, 57 yards to lead the 49ers. Jim Garoppolo had three turnovers, including two interceptions and one fumble. Overall, 23 of 32, 277 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And for the 49ers, the 49ers, next up, they will be facing the Cleveland Browns. So this upcoming Sunday will be a bye week for the 49ers. I should have mentioned that first. It will be a bye week for the 49ers, and they will have the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. They will be at home. And that's another game where the Cleveland Browns, they might lose that game because the 49ers are so much better coached. And after a bye week, they will... They will sharpen things up, particularly on the offensive side. Defense, top 10. Led by Richard Sherman, the vet. Offensively, after a bye week, expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be the quarterback that everybody thought he would be. For the Steelers, their season is over with. Next up, they have a Monday night football game at home versus the Bengals. That's a game where they should be able to win. But it's a toss-up between the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals, however, lost on the road to Buffalo in a tight game, 21-17. They start off 0-3. And last but not least, it's the Colts. At home, defeat the Falcons, 27-24. The Falcons dropped to 1-2. And, 
and the Colts, two, two, the Colts went up 2-1. The Falcons has been very disappointing. Defense has been very inconsistent. Offense has been very inconsistent. Julio Jones had him big day. Julio Jones had eight reception, 128 yards, one touchdown. Devontae Freeman looked much better with 16 carries, 88 yards. Matt Ryan had a strong second half, but a very, I won't say very bad first half, but a very inconsistent first half. But he ended up with 29 out of 34, 304 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions. Told you guys he can play. He can. 28 of 37, 310 yards, two touchdowns. Marlon Mack has 74 yards on the ground with one touchdown. T.Y. Hilton had a quarter, but before he left the game, he contributed eight receptions for a 65 yard and a touchdown. And the Colts are the favorite. They are still the favorite in the AFC South. AFC South consists of the Colts, Tennessee Titans, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. The Colts defense are a little bit better than the Houston Texans defense. And it was proven that way last season when they met in the postseason. The Colts, led by Jacoby Brissett, are going to win 10 games. Jacoby Brissett is very efficient. So far this season, Jacoby Brissett, 646 passing yards, 7 touchdowns, 1 interception. QB rating, 60.7, which is top 10 in the league. Brissett, not going to wow you with fantasy numbers, obviously, but he's going to get you wins. And if you're a true football fan, if you're a true Colts fan, that's all you really care about and you really appreciate this man. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, had a great second half, but it seemed like each and every year, Matt Ryan is losing more and more of his arm strength. And that is very concerning for the Atlanta Falcons franchise. Going to next draft, they need to find his replacement. They need to find Matt Ryan replacement so they could groom quarterback to take over Matt Ryan in the next couple of years. You want to win with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. You want to win with that tandem. But I'm not seeing that. They had their chance, but they blew that 28-3 lead. I'm sorry to bring that up so many times, but that's the fact. And I don't see them getting back to the Super Bowl, nor winning the Super Bowl with those two. I love Julio Jones. You signed him to a three-year contract extension. But he's not going to win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan as his quarterback. And his defense is not great. It's just an average defense. You can run on that defense. And once that running game get going on that defense, the secondary is going to suffer through play action. Simple as that. So far this season, the Patriots are still number one team in the NFL. I like the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. Number three, you're going to have to give it to the um, Baltimore Ravens. I think they still a top three team. And number four, number four is going to have to be the Green Bay Packers, in all honesty. Number four is the Packers. I like their defense, and defense is much better. And number five is the Los Angeles Rams. So there's a lot of football left. But you guys got to realize that it's only 16 games in the season. And each game is critical for everybody. So teams that's only three right now, such as the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals, their season's done with. And also the Denver Broncos, who's 0-3. They have a pretty tough, tough schedule 
the first three games. Actually, the first game beating the Oakland Raiders after what they was going through throughout training camp. But the Broncos just laying in. And Emmanuel Sanders in a press conference, not necessarily a press conference, but just in an interview, he just saying that this team right now just live in the world of sucks. And the Broncos just, just suck. And it's not Vic Vancho's fault. It's just they don't have enough talent, particularly on the offensive side. I like Dylan Nancy. I like Royce Freeman. But those are number two running backs. I like Cortland Sutton. I like um, Deshaun Hamilton, but they are just number three, number four receivers. And their offensive line are is average. Really average. And that's just the way it is right now. So John Elway got his work cut out, and he might want to check out Drew Locke towards the middle of the season. But this team not going anywhere. I thought they will probably will be eight and eight at best. But right now they looking like a three or four win team, and that's not gonna feel good for a defense that include Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Oh, Thursday night game is between. The Green Bay Packers and the Philadelphia Eagles. And before that, tonight we got my Chicago Bears versus the Washington Redskins. The Bears are favorite in that game. And this should be a breakout performance for Mitchell Trubisky, as I believe Matt Nagy will open up the playbook and actually be much more sharp with his play calling, and Mitchell Trubisky will be much more sharper with his play. Versus a Washington Redskins team that's not great on defense and doesn't have much offensive power to put up against a top two, top three defense in the Chicago Bears. That's my time, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, DeAndre Johnson. This is Who's Right, Who's Wrong Sports Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Doc. Dre for real as Doc D-O-C Dre D-R-E the number four real you can find this podcast on Spotify on Google on Overcast on Apple and I will be back talking about Monday night game my hometown team the Chicago Bears and the Washington Redskins Oh, you already know where I stand in that game. Go Bears. Much peace to you guys. Stay positive. Live your life. I'm out.